Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, long time. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. We put out a podcast last week, but we had pre-recorded it. Really well received. It's People funny, yeah, the funny we didn't do it live. It was just kind of like, and you know what? I, <clears throat> I guess I'm, I'm not shitting on you. I'm shitting on me for this because, like, when you first said it, I'm just like, eh, yeah, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh, whatever. But then when we did it, I had fun. Like, yeah, I enjoyed course, doing yeah. that podcast, and yeah, it was well received, and it was funny. Some of the feedback we got from. I mean, people who legitimately do this sort of stuff for very much a living. Like, yeah, I yeah. love that. My favorite comment was Spanky, just like some sharp is going to infiltrate your million dollar betters club. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good move. That's yeah. a good move. Like by yeah. them. Like, I I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get let, pipeline to that info. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. We get down somewhere else. Um, the uh, but yeah, no, that was a cool that that was well received. Uh, a lot of fun doing that podcast. I had a lot of fun skiing. Happy to be home. It is a uh, full on spring here in Southern California. It's starting to get real nice. Um, I think we've seen the end of winter here, albeit winter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, excited to talk a little uh, grab bag today, uh, as is as we are wont to do in the um, in the doldrums of the NFL offseason. Sometimes we will. Um, not necessarily put together a hardcore topic, but rather just kind of comment on the things that are happening in the world. And today is a good day to do that because some things happened. Uh, and I am talking obviously of the Calvin Ridley incident, uh, where he, did you see Pete added him to the tennis chat? I did see that. Yeah. He should probably, he should probably leave. I would leave if I was him. I wouldn't stick around for that. Although he he needs, could use some winners at this point. To be fair, he is allowed to bet tennis. He absolutely is allowed to bet tennis. In fact, uh, yeah, I mean, if he had just been sticking to tennis betting, none of this would happen. Um, yeah, and it was nice. Yeah, I, I, guess... I posted that tweet and appreciate everybody who answered, especially Ben Brown over at PFF. He had a pretty good answer. With I knew like somebody had already gone and like looked into the uh, the NFL bylaws, so I didn't want to do it myself. So it was nice to like they are absolutely allowed to bet on sports. <laughs> you just can't bet on the NFL, which I guess makes sense. Like you know, let's not get too squirrely and be like, oh, you know, as long as you're not betting on your team or if you're on the bye week, like I'm, I'm fine with him just drawing a line. Like, Hey, you're playing in this league. It looks bad. Let's not do that. Go bet on golf, buddy. Yeah. And there's a lot of different angles that we could cover here. Obviously. Um, I, there are aspects of this and we don't know anything. Don't get me wrong. We hear I, we heard about this. Uh, how long ago before it happened? Did we hear about this? You remember? Yes, yeah, somebody like a month. Somebody. It was at least a month ago. There was a rumbling of this, and it was yeah. from an unconfirmed source. But it's like yeah. it, it kind of made sense with the, you know, the absence, and uh, I don't know if that weird. that could have been completely yeah. unrelated. Yeah, it's and and by his case and by the NFL's. The way that they're posturing all this, you know, where they're putting information out there, it was unrelated because this was months after he had, had taken the absence from the team that this occurred apparently over f- five days. So the only time he ever bet in his life and he happened to bet on the NFL and it happened to bet on Falcons. Um, but there's there's a and and again, let me kind of qualify a lot of what we're going to talk about here. We hear rumors about athletes and about 
stars, um, well, you know, famous, rich, rich, wealthy people. We hear rumors all the time about who's into sports betting. It's there's th- nothing would surprise me. Um, had never heard any rumors that Calvin Ridley was on the take for that. You know, was was Tim Donaghy out there? Uh, you know, like actually trying to influence games. Never heard anything about that. No. Um, in fact, I've never heard any NFL player doing that. And honestly, we never will because it is fucking stupid. You're making way more money playing football than you could ever do by manipulating any market. Where fixing is a problem in gambling is lower level. You name it. You know. Yeah, it's it's just like you you don't see <clears throat> when the tennis integrity unit. If anybody, and I know a lot of you listeners and watchers do bet a lot of tennis and understand the the workings of the various tennis organizations out there, but the tennis integrity unit is kind of tied in with all the tennis organizations. Mm-hmm. Anytime they put anything out, it's not like oh somebody threw the match in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. No, it's somebody <laughs> no, threw a match. That would never happen. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody somebody threw a match. And we don't know that for sure, but it's like, hey, guess what? This challenger in Italy, and by challenger, I mean like minor league tennis. Minor this league challenger tennis, in sure. Italy usually gets, you know, like $2,000 on a money line from the entire world. Um, you know, like this is this is such a low-level market. And then suddenly there's like massive swings of money coming in from like one country and it's all on one guy, and then uh, suddenly wins. Like that sort of stuff raises red flags, and that shit happens. I mean, it, I mean, ITF and, and oh, challenge, maybe maybe could, even lower than challenge. Like ITF, you can for sure. you can make more dumping one set, dumping a second set of a challenger tennis match than you can make from winning that tournament. I'm, and that is what that is why it's a problem where the financial incentives are stacked. Of oh well, it actually makes sense for me. And oh, I, oh by the way, I may be betting a bunch of Italian soccer. Now I'm at this Italian challenger. I have a big fucking debt that I can't pay. Um, you want me to dump which set, the first or the second? I'll do both. You know, like that sort of stuff happens a lot in tennis. Not a lot. Oh yeah, like th- there is a problem. A, and I can't remember yeah. the article, but there was a story of a guy who said like, yeah, you know, he was a low seated tennis player in a tournament. Sure. And he just, he was the kind of guy who was grinding his way through it. And he was able to find like a cheap flight out of there that he booked ahead of time. And he did too good where he said like, he's like, but like the change fee for his flight was more than he would win if he advanced one more round. He's like, I I don't know what to do here. You know, it's, it's, you just withdraw because it's, you'd lose like 60 bucks by actually winning a tennis match. It's it's pretty (laughs) wild. It's, it's wild at the lower levels. Yeah. That's why that, or or Mexican baseball, of course, low level, low level soccer leagues. Like you hear about fixed stuff, but like, yeah. And and, and even, even the the NFL players who make the least amount of money, like it would take so much. Yeah, because the risk reward is high. I mean, he just he just boneheaded it. Yeah, of course. And it was absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And I forget somebody had a comment. It might have been Pat Prada, who was a former, you know, you know, bookmaking yeah. guy, who was basically like, if I saw this action come through, I'm immediately canceling that, and I'm calling him and being like, hey, we're not taking your bets on the league you play on, and everybody walks away from this. You know, there's there's no, you know, uh, there's no headline breaking case here and a couple of things so many thoughts about this it's it's tough to really keep my head in the straight line here but um it sucks that this happened it was going to eventually like yeah. there was no not doubt it was going to happen but it sucks that it did because there's a lot of people that aren't interested in gambling taking over the big uh, the, the the share it's taking up a tiny sliver 
of the media landscape in the NFL. And you can already feel people are like, eh, no, they're pushing this back. Like they would, they'd love, love to latch on to some, uh, you know, to some incident like this and be like, see, gambling's evil. It shouldn't be allowed. Let's ban it. Blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of people like that. Who I got a, I got a DM request from Al Leiter today. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Did I mean, you? He, yes. He wants, he's, 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 he's like, I was right. I'm finally right. I'm finally and here's, and here's a hypothetical. Told you, and, this was, told you, Andy, you, you laughed when yeah. I was in front of Congress and said it. And I, I mean, you. you, you hear stories about guys back in the day and a lot of them were smart enough not to bet on NFL, but like how many people in the NFL, let's just call it the big four leagues. I have no idea. I, I don't have a, a read on like the state of the, you know, average hockey player, but like, I know the NBA, I feel like might be the highest of the four, but how many of the big four leagues do you think a percentage are betting on like other sports right now? 20% is a fair guess. What do you think? That seems fair. Like, I, I just think, you know, there, there are some, there are some people like older guys, I bet, who had just done it forever, had, you know, been betting through a, you know, a country club bookie where course, they yeah. golf in the off season forever. And well, they, they yeah, didn't have is, to wait for this. You know, this, this is revolution. the perfect pivot, perfect pivot. Um, we know, we know people who are advantaged players who would look at an athlete that is betting on the NFL. That's not an NFL player. You know, a baseball player, a basketball player, you name it. If that player is betting on the NFL, they've lost money over their lifetimes. Their book, that bookie knows they have a high value client. That's the whales we were talking about trying to capture in the uh, in the high roller <laughs> betting club, yeah. right? And the spankies of the world, not spanky, does this, but the you know he commented and said <laughs> it. The, the sharp advantage players will infiltrate that guy's account, and they will find a way to be like, hey man, like you're you know your your credit limit at this book is 250k let us bet some winners into there and i hate how patrick won't name names here he won't name names no no it could be anyone um and yeah i heard there was a, a very famous basketball player back in the day who liked to, to to bet as well i'm not sure if you've ever heard of him his initials it was m jordan oh that's way too specific michael j michael j <clears throat> um uh but yeah no there there is there is no doubt that there are you know, if you're if you're a professional athlete, you are competitive as shit. If you are in the off season and you're not, you know, getting your competitive fix by doing something, uh, be it playing games or betting on whatever, you know, playing video games, like these guys are competitive monsters that are running nonstop trying to, uh, you know, trying to scratch that itch. There definitely are a huge. Are they allowed to do DFS? No, I, I have so many questions about. Like you, you hear about like NFL players, and even you know they have it. You know, it, it's a fun, like, media thing when some NFL player goes on some stupid morning show and be like, yeah, I drafted myself in my fantasy league. You know, I guess that's such a low, you know, that they're not going to, like, tank to lose somebody else's fantasy matchup or something. That's just such a low-risk thing. But it's close enough where it's it's like, you know, money's exchange on there. But, yeah, I, 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 get, where they're, I get where they're at. I'm fine with yeah. the rules the way they are. Yeah. And, it, and it is, I mean, your biggest point was this was bound to happen. It was just kind of a matter of time before somebody screwed up. And I, I guess I, I do want to hear the details of this. Like, it will be, it'll be yeah. funny if he legitimately just, if we find out he signed up under his name with his home address, 
for like a, one of the main operators, like, you know, just a, a fan old DraftKings. Like he just signed up and, and, you know, they do their due diligence, but like, this is an NFL player. I think guys like, you know, that they know as an yeah. operator, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like anything else as an operator. You know, you hear these casinos where some of the rules of the sports books, especially out in Vegas back in the day was you put, you put 50 K on a, you know, let's say the Knicks tonight and something comes up and you really don't want that bet anymore. You want to buy out of that and you're fine with, you're fine with just losing the juice. A lot of those operators are going to tell you to kick rocks if you try to go bet the other side for the same amount if you're playing on an account because that's that's just how that's how money gets watched at some places. So like you know somebody who needs to do that has to go to a different sports book to do it. You know they of course. and this and the, the sports book doesn't give a shit. They would love to take that action. They'd yeah. be more than happy to just take your juice and run with it. But they know that they could be on the hook and they could lose their license or be you know find whatever sanctioned however you want to say it so you would think I, I still haven't heard the part of the story is like is it is it uh you know the sports book ratted on him because no that that, that is that. that's what that's what that's what happens okay. that's what the report yeah. is yeah he i, I in, just i, I he was in like florida that, but i haven't got betting, the... he was in florida he was betting through the hard rock and the hard rock flagged it sent it to um the watchdogs okay. genius and they said oh no that's an nfl player betting on the nfl you know here's a gift wrapped uh, case for you NFL investigation committee you know and that was it you get one. and and um so yeah they they it, this was specifically the sports book themselves uh you know identified God, this and turned them in Rocks, um it's it's actually very difficult to sports bet in Florida it like, is it's very thing. tough it's, it's yeah. not like he was in Iowa or anywhere else where you can just sit on your phone and sign up like Florida actually made it difficult and yeah. then there was a bunch of strife to get that yeah. going. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, funny. he walks to the counter in Iowa and places betting cash. Nobody knows any 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 different. And he's you know it's all it's it's all water under the bridge. The the one thing that I will tell you about this, and we may never get to the bottom of this, but my goodness, like there are there's some spidey sense going on with this story, where it's like this was awfully convenient for this to be the big gambling scandal for the NFL. You know what I mean? Like this was convenient. Like, oh, he did bet on the NFL, but it was just in some parlays and it wasn't very much money. And he bet on his team and we're going to hit him with the absolute most severe penalty you could imagine. And it'll tell, teach everyone a lesson. But the integrity of the game was not ever in question. Because it was a guy on the not. He wasn't even with the team. And he and do you know what I mean? Like there's mm, this, there's a you, little bit. This is you, a little. Are you this saying, is a little convenient? Are you saying Roger Goodell consulted with Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter on this? <laughs> CC CC says to Roger, Rog, you need a fall guy. You need a fall guy. You need yeah. a fall guy. God, that yeah. was such a good interview. You need a fall guy. Um, it does feel like that to a degree, though, because because if this was like a full on blown up, a blow up like, a, oh, yeah, he was betting with the legal bookie. He's been betting on his games for several seasons and the Falcons fans now are losing the, or, you know, any any better who's lost bets on the Falcons, which is everyone who's ever bet on the NFL is like, oh, oh this, this yeah. you know, it was all fixed is all, you know, the, you, they they got what they needed, which was a mini scandal that they could be real tough about. And now. But it doesn't really question the integrity of the game. Like, doesn't that feel a little too cute? Yeah, but it also just feels like, I mean, it's the whole, you know, what is it? Malice versus, 
ineptitude kind of thing that we we go over many times on this podcast. Like <clears throat> it does feel like just a younger player just screwing up. Like it's and it felt like you, you know you say you said this was bound to happen. I think you're right again. That was it was bound to happen. And I think if you really took like you know a couple months back and you said what's more likely something like this or we find out like you know some some star player who's been in the league for 15 years has been batting like 200k a week for like 60 you know 16 years yeah. and and like is you know massively in debt and has maybe been betting against his team like you know the, the yeah. real the right. real whatever you want to call it the or like some recent scenario. major winner in the golf circuit is like seven mm-hmm. figures to the bad <laughs> which is, <laughs> with which yeah. up, and again the the, the yeah. mma crowd which i'm not i'm not like disparaging them i love a lot of those guys but a couple people brought this up like in i think in boxing too like but mma like those those guys will come out and say hey i just i bet on myself dana and again course, it's, yeah. it's 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 a separate league they can make their own rules and you know taking a fall i guess could be you know, if somebody came over the top and paid you triple what you bet, I guess you could take a fall. But uh, I, I guess Dana's just not too worried about it. It has uh, struck me as weird. And I like that, <clears throat> you know, you're betting on yourself. I like that. Like, that's fine. But it has always come across as weird. But like, yeah, what if you're, you know, what if you're betting on yourself as a massive favorite and you lose? You know, that that just kind of strikes me as, well, you bet twenty k on yourself as a massive favorite to win like six thousand or something, yeah. and then somebody gives you you know a hundred k on the back end to drop uh, it or yeah. something. Maybe you're at the back end of your career. That that's where. Yeah. Uh, again, it's an individual sport. That would worry me a lot more than the NFL. Like, what would it take for an NFL player at wide receiver to throw a game? Like, if well, he's it's got not easy. Drops, number one, if you're a wide receiver, like. You, yeah, you, you know, there, there's very few wide receivers who I can point to and say they did something that like hands down cost that team to lose that game. Like that's not easy. There's like the like and oh by the way, if you're gonna try to fix an NFL game, you're going right to the refs. Fuck I the was players. god damn it, you, you <laughs> right I was right I was to the gonna, refs. I was yes. gonna say if you yeah, if it gunned your head like the mafia is saying you have to get this game fixed, like who are you going? It's the ref immediately. Like yeah. you're you're threatening the ref. Yeah, like, I, I think the, I think those refs would be hard to buy off. Like you definitely, you're getting com- you're, 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 I was just you're about to say you definitely you're, have to kidnap You're compromising, like, you're compromising them in some <laughs> we way. We don't need to either, plan this. Either heist. no, we're not. Either either through violence or financial means, you are compromising a referee if you're trying to get a fix, and you're not paying a player. Like that's not happening. Anyway, let's talk about where Ridley went wrong, um, and how Remember stupid the movie this was. Focus, though, let's talk about how stupid this was. Okay, like. I, Players are people too. They should be allowed to have fun however they want in their free time. He was away from the team. Like I don't, I'm not really gonna like shame him for the, like the act of betting. But betting on the NFL was quite stupid because this is not a surprise. Uh, even um, you know the fact that he shouldn't be betting on your team or your sport is not a surprise. And there's good reasons why, and we'll get to those in a second. But um, the even in the explanation, he couldn't have been like, oh yeah, well my manager was using my phone and he bet these games not me but he was in my he was he logged into my account because google like auto logs you in and i didn't can, know yeah, or the, the app doesn't have like the app doesn't have like you know it's not taking a picture of your face when you log in and and verifying that you are the one that bet it it's just his account made some bets and they were on football like like wasn't there some plausible deniability here 
you don't think uh you don't think Bezos and uh all the other guys and uh t- I almost called him Tim Apple. I almost, Tim, I almost Apple? Called Tim, Tim Cook the Tim, Apple guy. Tim Tim Cook and Bezos and Zuckerberg. You don't think they're taking pictures of your face? I've got a I've got a beach to sell you. Those guys are those guys are into your shit. It's it's like the it made me think of the I had a friend back in the day who got the you know the thing in his car that you have to blow in to start it after you yeah. get a little trouble and that for sure takes a picture of your face because if you have somebody else trying to start your car they get awful mad at you and add extra time to it yeah but i i i i, I, I think you're right like i would have been better pretty experience. it would have like like number one if you were going to do it and try to get away with it it's pretty easy to have someone else make the bets for you if you were going to do it and got caught it's pretty easy to pretend like you didn't actually do it right like, like these aren't the this would, if, yes, I this is, if i did it <laughs> if, if i bet the fifteen hundred dollars but i didn't um, no i, I think you're, you're right you just uh i hope he doesn't hear this because that's gonna seem like a really good idea after like sitting out next year like oh, i should just send somebody else you just said somebody else did. yeah that would have saved like, me 11 million dollars <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know at if the least NFL 11 million dollars i, I would they, they might have just told him to kick rocks it's your account anyway but and you know you can't prove that so you're still in trouble but it, tweeting through it probably wasn't the best no that was not the best i agree um and here's why there were some hot takes afterwards like oh you should be allowed to bet on yourself you should be allowed to bet on your own team blah 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 this is why that is you know why this is fraught and this has been well covered in the pete rose debacle do you want to go do you want to go over why it's not acceptable to bet on yourself or your own team if and if you are, uh, you know, a degenerate gambler, because of the Pete Rose situation, not just because of the Pete Rose <clears throat> situation, but because some days you're going to decide not to bet on your own team, and that might as well be giving a signal to whoever is running your account that is the same as don't I don't bet think on we're winning tonight. today. I don't think we're winning today, right? Yeah. And that's the problem. Is like you can bet on yourself, but you better do it every single time because the time you don't, it's like that sends a pretty clear signal that something is up. And that was what was always fraught. Even if you, I don't believe the Pete Rose stuff. I think he was lying incredulously. Um, but I think realistically, even if you accept his truth at face value, it was a question because it's like he didn't bet on his team every day. And some days when he didn't, that was sending a message to the bookmakers who he was working with that yeah. something wasn't right or something wasn't like, good. Uh, the, yeah, the, the starter might oh, not the have what, he, what we thought doesn't he had. Have the goods, and so and I also wonder, so, too, is yeah. as a and he was a player manager for part of that, I believe. So, you know, when, when you have the control over managerial decisions, which I'm, I'm 90% sure he was player manager for part of the betting too, like it, it makes you wonder as far as like, I'm very desperate to win this bet. Are you making, you know, if you think about some of the players on that team and the fact that their careers hinged on some of the success they had, are you making sure. the best decision for the team or are you making a desperate decision to you know, just a wild stab at trying to come back in this game because you really, really laid the points. Yeah. Or, you know, baseball <laughs> yeah. laid the, laid the yeah. heavy favor. Laid the juice, yeah. Um, no, it's, there, are, there are lots more reasons and examples, but I am perfectly fine with a bottom line across the board, all sports rule that if you're an athlete competing in that sport or involved in that sport from any type of your, you know, you're getting paid from front office, coaching staff, 
you know, you're the freaking, you know, equipment manager. You shouldn't be betting on that sport. I'm fine with that. That should be one of the things you give up, you know, for being part of that sport. That's fine. The rest of the sports you want to play, that's, you know, like, I don't have an issue with that. You should be a human. <laughs> you should be allowed to do whatever yeah. you want with your gobs of money. Um, but I can see why people are anti it because you can get yourself into trouble. Like if you're losing a shitload of money on college football and you're you owe someone more than your next nfl game check is going to cover the idea that you then are in a position where you can be leveraged to influence the game in favor of the guy who has the you know keys to the kingdom is it's that's a problem there is realistic conflict of interest there uh that you're putting yourself in a difficult yeah. situation <clears throat> or you're forced to join the Saudi football league to pay off <laughs> because you're a, that's not really a thing. God, that was such a, it's, it's wild. How like, do you remember, do you remember the super league in soccer yes. for like three days or yes. whatever it was? Yeah. Like I had a good run. I, I, th I think the Saudi league still might have legs. That, that still might be something that happens, but it's wild. And again, it's just like everything else in the world. And I, I hate to I hate to be like a, a super downer, but even like really, really tragic events now, it used to be a, like when we were younger, like a tragic event in the world, in the news, that was like, you know, that's, it's, it hung with you. Now it's like, people forget about it the next day. She just, the, the news cycles too fast with the internet now, like nothing hangs around. You, you forget all about stuff in like three days. Like, oh yeah, there was a, there was a massive tragedy in the news. Yeah. But that was like months ago now it's thursday buddy like yeah. just there's been too many new memes uh since then to fill your fucking brain full but yeah I, I digress we'll uh i guess last question for you on this and then we'll move move topics do you think the punishment was fair one one year for making if this if we accept the facts as reported that he was betting for five days and it was fifteen hundred dollars worth and it was parlays when he was away from the team like is this is this punishable offense worth a, a year suspension and costing him $11 million realistically just derailing his career? Somebody, somebody did mention this in one of my comments when I did ask like about, is he allowed to bet other sports and shit like that? Um, he said that like, they do a lot of education around this. It's not like they mentioned it on day one and Hey, don't do that. But like he said, even in, in the locker rooms, it's, you know, there's like, there's like, signs up you know like the osha signs you see at workplaces telling you it's to work you know right to work state like they said there's literature telling them like this is a big problem don't do it and it's it's repeatedly you know hammered into their heads that like this is very punishable so it i think you do have to separate the amount away like it doesn't matter if you bet 25 bucks i think like separating the amount out that shouldn't matter like if they say it's like hey this is this is a zero tolerance, you know, not a drop kind of thing, then they probably had to stick their guns. And I I really do have a problem with most leagues punishment systems, like just following some of the punishments I see in the NHL. And again, I don't follow the NHL, NHL that closely, but it seems like they have like a spinning wheel at the office that they just spin for punishments. Well, for the, behavioral the, stuff, the NFL, sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and the NFL, especially for behavioral stuff, the NFL has zero standardization like just between the the zeke stuff and other people who've had problems off the field and then you know the ray rice and finding out they probably knew about that ray rice video anyway and like oh hey <laughs> guess what you guys saw the video oh yeah no we're, we're even more mad now like the nfl doesn't have a great track record for being 
super consistent or you know prudent with their punishments uh I get Goodell doesn't unit shame. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think if you said zero tolerance and it's a year, I think it's like the drug policy. Like if you get popped for drugs, you gotta you gotta sit out, which hopefully okay. drug policies go away. Okay. Yeah, I mean it did it did feel severe considering, but um and well, honestly, I, I think I think it's I think in general, I, guess, I think the punishment yeah. is too severe. But I'm saying, like, if that's what they set out there and told them, this yeah, is the punishment is you're going to get, and yeah. it is, yeah. Okay, so the question then is, did did does this stop the next player from betting on the NFL on the basis of how severe the punishment was? If you're sitting there and you're like, oh, man, I was recreationally betting and I didn't get caught, I'm lucky. I'm never betting on the NFL again, right? So I, I think I think it's like a it's not even a Pareto thing. It's it's because it's certainly not. It's more like ninety five five. Like again, going back to the drug, the drug stuff. Like when people were getting popped. Think back, like in the Ricky Williams days. Mm-hmm. Like there were still people who were just like, I'm gonna try to get away with it because I like it. Like and that's where it might be good to identify those people because if they have you know, let's say this $10 million a year contract and they are putting it at risk over making some fucking same game parlays, you know, on the NFL for a few grand a week. Like that might be a good person to maybe not punish as much, but get some help because their risk they're you know, the fact that they're risking that much just to to gamble makes you kind of worry about the, the fact that they might just like to gamble a little too much. And the same thing, like with the, I don't think anyone needs to go to rehab for smoking dope. Like that's, that's just silly, obviously back in the day, but like, you know, any of these, there have been NFL stars who have gotten popped for opiates or have had some problems with painkiller addictions. Like, yeah, like you drug test them and punish them, but it's still, you should, they're an employee and you know, it's, it's a weird situation because it's a, it's a, you know, a, a league and a, a players union, but getting them help would be good too. If, yeah, if you have some guys, sure. but I, I do think like it's probably a, a deterrent enough, but there's still going to be edge cases of people like, you know, I, I think the, the people who want to bet will be smarter about it now and just yeah. not get caught. And okay. the, 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 the few dumbasses who do get caught from here on out really uh, probably just deserve it because boy, like, now you know what not to do. Yeah. You know what the punishment is. There's other ways to go here. Okay. So so in the end, it sounds like we kind of are on the same page that this incident will p- presumably help protect the integrity of the game and the way they handle it, right? And in fact, they could probably hold this up as evidence of like, look how good the system is. We've talked about this specifically on this podcast before. I know we have, where it was literally like, it obviously makes incredible sense for sports leagues and sports books to be willing partners because they any any on the bookmaker side is going to have much more access to information about integrity problems than anyone on the league side. And if you are collaborating, collaborating, like you're going to be able to actually ensure the integrity of the league. Now, it doesn't make it like in the sense in the, in the context of the tennis integrity unit in the context of like say doping enforcement and cycling and even steroids in baseball like going after the players and you know really kind of making your dirty laundry public like it has an in in a negative 
feedback to it because it's like, you know, hey, we're doing something about this problem. Well, people now notice and talk about you have a problem, right? And I yeah. think the Tennis Integrity Unit was a great example where they didn't necessarily hand it, handle it well. And it kind of made people just assume that there was widespread fixing and gives people in the gambling community, you know, the latitude to just claim fixing is happening all the time, which is absolutely insane, especially at the high levels. But they're doing it. Um, and similarly, like, yeah, you want to fix the doping problem in cycling. You can't do it behind closed doors. You got to find some way to do it. But the problem is you open that, you put, peel that bandaid off. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, well, everybody's doping. Yeah. It's a weird double-edged sword. It's funny. That was the thing. Like everyone's like, oh no, Lance Armstrong was like cheating. And then you find out like, no, he was just leveling the field. Like every one of those guys was cheating. Like the the best, the the best. Yeah. It was like (laughs) he was the best at cheating. Yeah. Um, okay. It's so wild then, with those, like listening to the stories of shit. the Insane. the cycling yeah. dopers, what they do, like the blood doping stuff. Yeah. I guess you want to be the best, you got to do a lot, but Christ. Yeah. So, fuck, but any ultimately, I think ultimately, I, from a PR standpoint, if the NFL had like legitimately like scripted this to be like, this is probably the best case scenario for them to be like, see, this is why we need good partnerships with the sports books. They find it right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I, and in fact, if you have a problem gambling, call one inner gambler, please. Um, I'm sure there are some problem gamblers who listen. We don't. To yeah, podcast. we don't mention that enough. Um, like, yeah, we'll have, we'll do a whole episode easy. dedicated to that at some point for sure this off season. But um, without question, I think you could hold this up if you're the NFL and be like, the system is working perfectly. A player made a random bet. It was not for very much. We found out about it, and we did something. Right. And I would actually caution anyone who thinks that you could get around this just by having a proxy. That's probably not true. Because I think if you are um, capturing whales in the sports betting space and you a proxy comes to you and is betting very large amounts of money, it is a they're very important that you figure out where that's coming. Yeah, from. you d- you do a little know your customer, and you find out you, this guy's he was a bouncer for twenty years. Now he's working security for a running back in the NFL. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Two plus exactly. two, like exactly. Like, like, where did this come from? Is this is this is this you know black market money? And I think just and the idea that the sports books will consistently turn over those customers to the NFL is not a hundred percent. Like they're gonna take your money for a while. But if they need to curry favor with the NFL for whatever reason, now they have a chip because they let's, know who you are. Do you agree with what I'm saying here? Let's let's enable let's enable the troublemakers now. Okay. Because you're you're, <laughs> you're I mean you're right. Like and and truthfully, like if somebody wants to bet the amounts that Calvin Ridley was betting, a proxy or betting through an agent is going to work on a hundred percent. He should. That was his answer. Like bet through a proxy, and you would have been just fine. But like, let's say there's somebody that does want to bet big, and they're in the NFL and they want to bet on the. Let, let's enable this person because okay. this is just a fun exercise. How would you? You're hired as a consultant for you know star running back X on team that we won't name, and he wants to be getting down you know twenty a game on on the NFL, and he says I won't bet my games because I'm a good guy, and that convinces you to be like you know I'm gonna help him. I'm going to help this guy. What is, what is your advice for telling him how to get that money down without you, getting in well, trouble? You open a paperhead for him. 
and you book him yourself. <laughs> That's obviously the answer. <laughs> obviously. You, you take, you, you That's take the easiest whale you ever caught. He walked right yeah. into your freaking net. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was hoping obviously. you wouldn't get there right away. And then I'd be able to send that. So send him to Doug. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But like, yes. No, yeah. You, <clears throat> yes. You, you book him and you hope he doesn't win week one. That's right. Like, that's, that, that's, 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 that's the part. Yes. You need to be well capitalized enough. If you're yeah. not, you talk to someone else in the space who is and you make that book yourself. And yeah, somebody you get yeah, so, yeah if you, you have somebody back you but like truth yeah. truthfully like yeah that that is the answer but uh, yeah like a lot of it I, I think even if you send them to you know a lot of these agents who yeah. book these people who uh, you know they don't want to they don't want to give credit to somebody they don't know they have to know this person so sure. it's not you know it, it is it is harder for them to you know, to, to do something via proxy or just via paperhead agent, however you want to say it, you know, if they are betting big amounts, but again, like a lot of these guys, hopefully they just realize, like, if I want to get down on some stupid parlays, I'm just going to, you know, my, my buddy Frank here is going to bet them for me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's the thing too. Like if you win, do you really even give a shit about the money? It's just, you want to, I think a lot of it is just like the fun of betting. You're bored. Yeah. You're yeah. bored. <laughs> you want to be entertained. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's true. And yeah, I don't know. Oh man, it's fucking crazy. I think we covered this from pretty much every angle. Um, I had weird day, weird, weird Monday though. I maybe one. I know, I know. I, I guess you know what? Credit again, like if if this was a bigger problem, if this was an actual problem, if there was an integrity issue at play here, like would we have heard about this on the Monday after the combine? when there's nothing else going on between now and free agency starting no fucking way timing of this is a little convenient also am i wrong yeah i mean that's the thing too they like, needed to they needed to do it before free agency got hot well, because and, of ridley's situation well and and also just the fact and we see this other times where there's news dumps on days where you know leagues especially the nfl doesn't want people talking too much about a shitty news dump that they have to do yeah and this is i mean the timing is nice and and the fact that we heard about this a month ago that this yeah. was a possibility from somebody makes makes you like they weren't just waiting to gather all the facts like this was the timing was that absolutely was calculated so yeah because because guess what if this was an integrity thing you know when you release it friday this friday coming up yeah. Because you still accomplished the same, you know, the same goals and information that you needed to, you know, clear your books in the right timing. But then March Madness, you know, the the conference selection Sunday selection Sunday comes and the Ivy League tournament just pushes it out of out of our realm. Out of yes, just out of complete, just completely. Like this was the probably the the day that they could have released it where they got the most like. um visibility on it honestly uh in the time frame that we're talking about um i don't know I, I, i'm watching the space <laughs> well, watching it carefully yeah, it was a weird day weird day yeah um all right everybody's man. watching the Furman game but me <sighs> i feel a little fomo there oh sorry man. oh dan dan, um, dan just turned it to the Furman game i think dan's watching basketball he's giving too. you the Furman Furman side second screen I like it. Fer Furman's kind of pissing it away. Chattanooga's a really good team. What are you, you going to do? Nuka's a truck. Nuka's Nuka a truck. is an absolute truck. Um, all right. Uh, how how are, are your conference uh, tournament bets going? Okay. Can't seem to get a long shot very deep. Um, and some of these, 
I don't know if we've had a year where there's just so much chalk that's like, I can't make a case for anyone. Like South like Dakota the Murray states, South yeah, Dakota Mur- states. South, I mean, in Murray State, I guess less so. And you know, they they did win, but like, yeah, the even at their price, they weren't huge chalk. But it's like, fuck, they might they should probably be two hundred. And South Dakota State, it's like, man, they, hey, guess what? They're eighteen and zero in conference. And you know, I guess Oral Roberts was good last year, and they still have their star. But boy, it's you know how far it is from the Brookings campus down to the Pentagon or the Denny Sanford, or whatever. I mean, it's right down the road. They're practically playing at home. They have good fans. Like this is this is an SDSU team that's probably going to truck in the next game. They're up by like thirty now. Gonzaga, Gonzaga only has to play two games. You know, um, yeah. Vermont has to play three, but. Like, yeah, Dan just pointed out Vermont is an AE wagon. Vermont was minus 700 before their tournament started. And wow. it's not even like, oh, Vermont's like a giant killer. They might be an 11 seed that takes someone down. No, the rest of their conference just sucks donkey balls. Like, <laughs> there's nobody else that's like even very good at all. Oof, like, man. they're like 500. Feel that teams. New Hampshire shade. Oof. Oh, I know. I, I, I made a pick. I, I said I'd make a pick in every one. So I took Hartford 95 to 1. Are they already because out? there was there was a situation where they would play the first two games at home and they needed two upsets and the first upset came through and the other upset was a seven seven two and yeah. that went to overtime I almost got it so Hartford's probably dead they probably lose in Baltimore but uh it was it was fun and it doesn't matter how good Vermont is you can hedge a 95 to one in the finals dude Vermont is like they would have been a legitimate bubble team if they lose this somehow. Very yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no I one else take is it even, away. Like, they're even really, close. Really, really good. Um, okay. And that, that's another uh, thing that stinks about this year's tournament. Yeah. They're in the single bid conferences. Murray State mm-hmm. could have lost and still got it. in. Yeah. Loyola they're, Chicago. That's it. No. Deserved it. They deserved it if they lost. I thought they, they their rankings and who they beat and just like if you go look at everything, Nat Torvik, everybody, it's they weren't there. Like they oh, just wow. weren't they they weren't they weren't like you know 10 spots out, but they were like in that firmly in the first four out if they didn't win their tournament. So Ooh. naturally I bet against them. <laughs> I yeah, I Bart's got them. Sandy South Bart's got South Dakota State 1.6 wins over the bubble. He's got Wyoming 2.3 wins over the bubble. Wow. Jesus, I had no idea why. Well, like good. Wyoming for sure. The, the Mountain West is getting four. Oh yeah, wow, they sure shit are. That, that's a that's a Colorado fun. State, Utah yeah, State, Fresno and Wyoming are all going. Wow. Fun leagues that have not even started yet. Oh, Boise and State. I didn't even say. There might be there might be five worthy there. San Diego State. Mountain West is nasty. What? Oh, how yeah, is this going, so good? They're going four deep. And honestly, like there's the five and six teams could make a run and get through. Like there, there's some there's some goofiness that we could have. Like I I think it would push a bubble team out, obviously, but the bubble, the bubble's super weak, so I don't mind like a fun team getting in. It's uh it's that's gonna be a good one. The Mountain West is, is what's super uh, fun. what's your general ranking of this year's potential March Madness field on a if you go the last 20 years? Let's do the in, in the Coach K era. In the Coach K era, where is this on the spectrum of uh of potential March Madness brackets? I mean, it depends what you like. Do you want some really high end teams seeing some really, really high end ball, 
or do you want chaos? Either one is entertaining. That's not. The, I know. Yeah, There's yeah. one like UCLA one, like 15 years ago. I can't even remember when it was. And it was the chalkiest tournament, and it was just zero fun whatsoever. Yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah, okay. If you want me to, yeah, that's like, the worst. Yeah, yeah. That so I mean, just bad. Gonzaga trying to get over that hump. The fact that Arizona has turned out to be so good. That's a fun team. Um, the three, the three WCC teams. Like I think the the Dons and the Gales are going to be fun teams that make it in. The, all the Mountain West teams, like they all have good wins over each other. But it's you know we'll see how that matches up. Sometimes these teams end up with just the worst matchup. Like um, not to pick on the Longhorns like I always do, but like that Abilene Christian matchup stunk. Like for for certain teams, sometimes you go in as a good team, and you just end up against the wrong the wrong you know matchup as far as it goes. Yeah, and course. it's that that is the fun part too. So and Rob Rob's asking a question here. In the tourney, first round high seed betting look for looking for upsets. So this isn't really like a uh, analytical system or anything. I've brought this up a couple times. I literally will bet every single 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed on the money line at the best price I can find. And if if I don't end up in the black on Thursday, I'll do the same thing on Friday for twice as much money. And again, the only year that that didn't like that fun, silly, hoping for chaos thing didn't work out was, I think, that UCLA year where it just got smoked. But the, you can do the 12-seed the money or the 12-seed round robin. That's a fun one, too, because the 12-seeds are always live. And even if you're just getting, like, even money or plus 150, you round robin those, and you get three out of four, and it pays probably eight to one on what you put out there. So there's there's some fun to be had. As far as this year's field, I'm – I'm pretty pumped, I guess. Like the okay, so I'm, like seventy fifth percentile, 80th percentile. Yeah, I think so. I'm excited for the usual Big Ten sends eight or nine teams ends up with one in the Sweet Sixteen. Kind <laughs> of thing. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Feels very to, live this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what Gonzaga's um, bracket looks what like. Their, what their region looks like. Like that was a low key sneaky good region last year like that usc team was tough and obviously ucla turned out to be crazy tough but uh that was a really fun one i'm glad i don't really have any futures for the most part okay if you could if you were taking one this moment who are you taking taking a long shot like your, your jackrabbits they're the they're the trendy 12 this year that takes down the five and makes it to the sweet 16 seeing that i think i want to look for more markets like that yeah because those are starting to exist and you know we'll We'll dog on some of these books for having some stupid props and things like that, but there's going to be, and you can, you can manufacture these synthetically. You're not going to get the same price based on what happens in a different game that's out of your control, but I'm sure there's markets on team to reach the second weekend. And if there's not, I'm going to yell at somebody to make those because those aren't that hard to price out. We'll talk to Lindy. He should make those if those don't exist. Ooh, like, nice. like because what's the value in taking South Dakota State to win at all? They're not going to win nothing. at all. Yeah, nothing. Like there's just it's 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 not a not it's it's a non-zero chance, but it's really close to zero. So like, <sighs> it's fun, but like taking a 12 seed to win their first two games, like hey this team's going to be on the second weekend. That's a market I'd love to find on some of these. Can you imagine what Oral Roberts was last year? You know, they were, uh, yeah. I mean, just, they were probably, yeah. you know, they were Big probably a number. 
10 to one dog to Ohio state. And then the second game, at least what six to one. So you're, I mean, you're talking 70, 70 to one on that parlay. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess as always, remember when it comes to betting futures path is everything in the end. Path uh, rules everything around path me. Path rules everything around me. That's why I, I very rarely will get heavily involved in anything college basketball until we see the uh, uh, what the path is. And then um, the um, – Yeah, that, that brings up a great point about futures. Like one year I made three really good futures, and when they got to the end of the year, they had all accumulated not closing line value because it hadn't closed, yeah. but whatever you'd call it in a future, and all three got in the same region. Yeah. Like what? What are you gonna like? The, the path at that point, your path is super fucked for everybody, and it was yeah. no fun. No the fun other, for Andy. The other important thing to remember about futures betting is you want to take a position on a team that their equity is going to improve, regardless. You know, b- based on other things in the bracket, right? Like you take a good team in a weak bracket, expecting that the 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 very challenging brackets, there's going to be more chaos and uncertainty. And some one seeds are going to go down elsewhere in the in the space. And because if you are going to bet on a medium or long shot who is in a difficult path, difficult bracket, region, whatever, you might as well bet them game by game like an Oral Roberts because you're going yeah. to do better price-wise. If they have to do the hard work themselves to get to where you need them to, to win money, what happened? Did Furman do something insane? Well, I think we're tied here. I think we oh, might be going to overtime. I think we're going to overtime, guys. So, Furman, oh my gosh. What a – the Cherokee improbable. Center in Asheville, North Carolina is alive. Chat, Chokanuga. Chokanuga, Furman, oh my gosh. Four seconds left. They got one more shot for Chat. Oh um, my gosh, I, I don't need this in my life. Um, <laughs> this Fur, Furman was my future in that one. Ooh. So. Ooh, that's cool. Good job, man. Uh, um, I mean, it's not over yet, obviously. No, they made that's, it this far, fun. though. I'm, I'm proud um, of this. I'm proud of this squad. Proud. Um, yeah. No, Mike, but like, yeah. like you bring up a good point too. Like, if you are handicapping the entire bracket and you're looking for, you know, why didn't Chattanooga follow up through? You're looking for like, here's some spots where there's some upsets. Like, if you think, you know, I I identified two or three spots where these high seeds are really at risk. And even if one out of the three goes out, like that increase everybody's equity in, in that side of the, or in that conference, that region. Yeah. Like look for who, who do you like, do you think is safe against a first round, against a second round matchup that can gain yeah. some equity. And it's funny that <clears throat> the last, the last future I cashed in the big dance, I took after the brackets came out, I bet mm-hmm. Virginia the year they UVA, won it. That, and and that, was that was absolutely insane. That was yeah. like, you you don't look at me. I am I am twenty two years old, and I have this much gray hair from that. Like that was the wildest sequence of games. I if that would have been a paper ticket, I would have ripped that up so many times. Yeah, that I whole bra- that whole region was nuts. That was a really was. fun tournament. That if we it can was. have something like that, I would love that. Yes, I would too. It would be amazing. Uh, I also think in general the um, yeah the. Give me, give me the Bulldogs this year. Gonzaga's doing this. I hope so. I really, They're doing this. I really. It's going to be like to... that Virginia run where Virginia finally got the monkey off their back. You know, they, they this team is way better defensively than last. Did year's Virginia team. win the year immediately after losing to UMBC? Yes. Wow, that's... they did. What a juxtaposition. 
Do you know I, I passed you know, out for do you that remember game? That, that, I didn't even that watch that game. I passed out in my Vegas room in Vegas. Passed oh, I, I passed out in the middle of the afternoon because I'd been up all night. And I woke up and, you know, obviously my phone has like ESPN <laughs> alerts and the TV's going nuts. And like, oh, wow. Like, nah, that, that, I just remember like you're in that haze because you're not quite awake. I'm like, were they a one seed? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, they fucked up bad. Fucked That's up so bad. bad. That's no, bad. That's, uh, and then, yeah, just like the Braves will be, Dan, the Virginia will be champions for two years. It's like how Tiger Woods was Masters champ for like 18 months. <laughs> um, God, dude, sports was fucking electric right before the pandemic. We had that Virginia run and Tiger Masters all in the same month. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the championship game will be God, on the time. Monday of Masters week this year. Oh, uh, some, I think sometimes that happens. So that is mm. an electric, electric what fucking stretch there. Um, and I mean, all right. so many golfers are playing so uh, well right now. The Masters can be oh, in fuego. Best of luck. Yeah, fun. Have fun capping that. Um, the uh, real quick note on path. Uh, another good example that I can give you because the NBA playoffs picture is starting to clear up a bit. Mm-hmm. The Brooklyn Nets are still broadly considered likely to win the Eastern Conference. They're like four to one. They're third choice now behind the Bucks and the Sixers, but they're still up there price wise. Their path and the price you can get betting them series by series, if the kind of, you know, can, if everything kind of stays the way it is trajectory wise here, it's, it's still improbable. I'm not on the Nets bandwagon yet by any stretch of the imagination, but you're going to be able to absolutely blow away four to one betting them series by series, the way that their path is currently lined up. Um, Oh, Dan Kelly likes Cam Smith at the masters. That's a, that's a inspired call. Um, the reason I say that Nets probably the seventh seed, maybe the eighth seed. Okay. Nets in the two, seven matchup, we're going to draw Philly or Boston in the two seven matchup where they will be underdogs in that series as currently we believe things would be second series would be against the other of Boston and Philly. There'd be dogs again. And then presumably dogs the third time in the Eastern conference finals against the likes of Miami or Milwaukee. So what would the ro- rollover price be if, if uh, the Nets are plus 120 in all three series, Andy. Oh, I wasn't listening to the math. I thought oh, you were going to do it. Plus for 120, me. plus 120, plus 120. What do you got for a rollover price? 2.2 <laughs> times 2.2 <laughs> is, you know. 2.2 cubed. Yeah, 2.2 cubed. Four points. It is 10.6 is the answer, which is 10. plus 960. And I just watched Rayman plus yesterday too. that. So they're going to be about plus nine sixty for the rollover, and current market price has them four to one. Mm-mm. They're going to have to do it the hard work themselves. They're going to have to eliminate Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee, or Philly, Boston, and Miami. They are not going to get the break of some chaos where the Bulls magically win a series, the Cavs magically win a series, the Raptors magically win a series. Like that's not happening. They're going to have to do it themselves, and it's going to be miserable. And they're going to be dogs in all three series at this rate. And I'm. You know, if ultimately Kyrie gets to play in the home games, maybe that changes. If Ben Simmons comes back and he is out of this world good, like we haven't seen him play in a long time, then 
all this changes. But I don't think realistically you can count on Simmons being much of a factor in a, in a series against Philly. And I don't think you can expect Kyrie to be a factor in Brooklyn. This guy gets it. Dan Kelly gets it. Like, I'm still old school enough to – I will only use my DVR. I still have direct TV out on the farm. Okay. I will only use my DVR on TCM, though, because I'm not about that fast-forwarding through commercial shit. Like, Turner, Turner that just, movies? That just, that just breaks. That just – that ruins the whole experience. Like, I want Ben Mankiewicz to come introduce the movie and talk about – you know the cinematographer and you know where he came from after that and then and then we watch watch rain man and then he talks a little more and that's that's how i want my movies like that dan gets it i'm way off topic but i'm sorry <laughs> i felt bad because i couldn't do the math and i legitimately watched that one last okay. night i only had one other thing i want to talk about today it's not indian wells i'll cover indian wells with guilt tomorrow or wednesday i think we're doing a uh, pod for with him and dan weston um and i don't have thoughts on any wells until we see the draw anyway because path matters, guys. <laughs> Coming full circle there. Um, but the Coach K finale curtain call for Coach K on Saturday was a wild range of emotions. Um, obviously, I was a Duke guy, but I was not a camera crazy. In fact, I had a lot of animosity with the camera crazies when I went to school because they tended to be a very different type of person than me in terms of what they liked to spend their social time doing. Um, and so we didn't necessarily get along a lot. And in fact, the other funny thing to know about Cameron crazy is they elected to sleep in the tents, even though you could walk up to most Duke games as a student with a student ID and walk in for free. They elected to sleep in the tents out in Krzyzewskiville because they wanted to be on the TV side so that they could get on TV with their costumes and their histrionics. Um, so there was definitely like, I would not put myself in the even 90th percentile of, or I mean, even the 10th percentile of people who went to Duke and cared about Duke basketball. All that said, uh, it was very, very cool to see all of the players who played throughout the years all show up for this one event. Like that was a, just a nostalgia time bomb regardless if you just cared about college basketball at all like it was cool to see all of those absolute like legendary players all in the same place all kind of like pulling for the same thing like that was cool and i thought that in general the grave dancing that the people who were excited about duke losing that game was like i felt sad for them honestly because it was like this was a very cool thing to see if you like college basketball i thought and Coach K, you know, gave 42 years of his life to the Duke program. The Duke, like, brand as it is and the way college basketball works, the way college admittance as missions works, like, they compete with the Ivy League um, universities for high-quality candidates to go to school there, in large part because of the Duke basketball program, in my opinion. I think Coach K is probably – responsible for pulling duke into that conversation among the best universities because of what he did for duke basketball and that's impressive to me and the fact that he coached one place for 42 years and won five national titles and is the all-time winningest coach both in the regular season and in the tournament is it's incredibly impressive and you have i i don't know how you see greatness and and you know kind of celebrate it not full you know ending in a win uh all that said uh win or lose i didn't really care as much as i thought that was pretty cool to see all those players 
Um, what were some of your takeaways? Were you celebrating the UNC win, Andy? You're on the other side of this one? Am I on the wrong side of history? I'm in the 2% that care about I mean, yeah, you went to Duke. It's not your fault. Like, I get it. And he is an important part of basketball history, but it, it's been like a, for me, I think the shine wore off like five years ago. And it's like, I think this guy is just here as a recruiting tool. Like, is he really even coaching that much anymore? Like, he's he's great for bringing in, you know, bringing in the top recruits. Cause what are you going to say? And coach K comes sit in your living room. Like, yeah, that that's a, that's a big deal. This guy's a living legend, but like, I, I think he overstayed it a bit. And oh, yeah, it sure. would have it, it been a little more of a graceful exit five years ago. Like I, I didn't want to be the guy just like, yeah, fuck UK. You got shit kicked <laughs> in by UNC. There was plenty. There was, I didn't need to, there was plenty of that to go around. <laughs> and I, I do hate I do hate uh, a goodbye tour, but for me, again, it's one of those things where I don't know, like what went on behind the scenes, you know, maybe this was, you know, maybe the university pushed this more than he did. You know, it, it might not have been just, you know, Krzyzewski saying, I'm doing this riding into the sunset tour and we're going to, we're going to make a big to do about it. It could have, it could have been the league or the, excuse me, the university or who knows, but like, yeah, he just, he wasn't a good in-game coach for a while here, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how you know his his successor here does with what is a an absolute blue blood, and see if it continues because it's been. I think it would be bad. It would be bad for basketball in general if Duke fell into obscurity. Like you don't want good basketball schools to be bad. It's not fun when like good, you know, good blue bloods like this for the longest time are not good. Like the one year Kentucky just didn't put together the right one and done's and sucked. It's like, well, this is, you know, it's not fun when someone beats Kentucky now, like you want that. Even if, even if it's a likable coach and a likable team, like when you go beat Kentucky or Duke, or uh, it's hard to hate Nova, like who can hate you? Right. But like a, a good, a good blue blooded team. And I'm going to say blue blood too many times here, but to as a, a lowered mid-tier team in their conference or somebody in uh, you know preseason whatever pre-conference play or god help is in the tournament beating one of those teams is you know that's massive for a program and you don't have that if if these teams don't exist like you need uh, it's not villains but you you need these you know these giants you can't have david without goliath so yeah, i hope sure. hopefully duke continues to be good and yeah it's just whatever like the, the weird cube thing from the beginning of the year is all my i'm gonna remember i don't remember any of that see that's maybe part of the problem is like i i i really can't watch college basketball except for march madness because the quality is just like i've watched too much nba at this point like i can't stay take a step backwards i can't even really watch much college football to be honest with you um but uh and so i i i did not get the sense that there was a big you know, big long to do and that uh, there's been lots of going on and on and on about this all season long because uh, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. So I missed it all. And uh, and realistically, the <laughs> you're sweating out this Furman. No, I, 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 got, they win. I got buzzered. Oh, you got buzzered. I got buzzered. Shit. You got buzzered. Well, it's 61-61. Did they lose on the buzzer? No, they just got you. 64-63. Six, you got buzzered. You got oh, buzzered. Shit. Five seconds, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're firm. Oh, yeah. So oh, we had it. Thought you had it. Shit. Sorry, man. God, they were up at like four or five in overtime. That was a fun game. 
I'll give it oh, to him. Oh man, David All John right. Baptiste got you, got your ass. That was his. He was three of. He was two of nine on the night from three. Well, I know who I'm cheering against. DJB in the, the four thirteen that's coming. Actually, they'll probably be a fourteen. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. The uh, yeah, I mean, I I missed it the to do. In fact, that it snuck up on me, and I was like, man, I can't believe I haven't really noticed that this is Duke, you know, K's last home game. This is crazy. So I didn't have the sensation of being sick of it by the time it got there. That's part of the problem, maybe, or at least why I was had a different experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, the point about him not being a good in-game coach or not just being a very good coach for a, lot, a long time, like. I had a lot of text chains going back to like 2008, nine timeframe where like after the JJ Reddick era was over where it was like, Oh my God, Kate needs to hang it up. Like, this is brutal. Like this is bad. Like he's done. He's cooked. He's got, yeah. and then he did, he ended up winning two more titles at Duke. And yes, maybe he had lots of help, lots of assistant coaches doing the hard stuff, but he was just the recruiter in chief and that's fine. Um, but uh, it is, it's not going to happen again in our lifetimes. And college basketball went from kind of a nothing to a massive megalith, you know, entity worth billions of dollars over his tenure. And uh, I think, you know, he he had an enormous role in a lot of that. So it should be recognized. And uh, yeah, sorry, Andy. <laughs> no, I I don't know if like I care about any coaches ever. <laughs> Like their coaches. Oh, sure. Know. Once we gamble, as long as we have, you are divorced from really any kind of allegiance almost entirely. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm, I know, I'm like trying to think of like, and, even, even in my fandom, like, I really liked Denny Green when he was at Minnesota. Um, I guess like Tom Kelly and Ron Gardenhire, both of those were really hard guys to hate. Like, they really had their teams back. Um, Flip Saunders, obviously very lovable. But, like, I, I like all those guys. I don't have, like, there's not some, like, local coach here that is, I mean, growing up, like, my basketball coach and football coach, it was like, God, we, I can't think of my football coach now. He does, like, uh, media for the Gophers. He got a 10-win season, like, 15 years ago. But yeah, like, we had Tubby for a little bit. Like, you know, I just, I, I've never had that experience of having like, oh, this amazing coach here locally that I get to cheer for. Why can't I think of my Gophers coach? That one's going to bother me. Mm, I'm sure you'll come up with it. Um, Yeah. Gophers, so anyway, it's, football. it was, it was a good shot of nostalgia to see all those players. Um, Did you recognize everybody basically? Like, cause yeah, yeah, was, we grew up with kind of wild. That was, that was pretty insane. Like those are the, you know, you grew up watching college oh, Glenn, basketball. Glenn Mason. And you reckon the number of uh, of faces was just absolutely insane. It was uh, cool that all those guys went. I thought, you know, what's super cool is Cleveland State falling down like fourteen. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to win. I, I think I've lost like five straight bets. I'm never going to win a college basketball bet again. Like, Furman just, covered. Yeah, Furman didn't cover. God bless him. But yeah, the the the, the right state game, Cleveland State, like they're straight up just like just keep falling. Sorry, man. Oof. Yeah, the, the, these these games, Drew. I'm not sure I've ever <laughs> run into a streak like this. I had a team score three points in the final seven minutes of the game last night in an over that didn't get there by two. Oh, my God. And now, now, yeah, now I'm having a team falling down 14 with a minute to go. It is Glenn Mason. Thank you. <laughs> Glenn Mason. 
Um, yeah, it was on like a one day hot streak, Papa. It was, uh, it's been, it's been something. I've, uh, uh, I, I've never had a college basketball, you know, what? two, three week stretch like this. It's been, you know what the good news is, man? Um, a lot of games left. A lot of games oh, that left. One's that one's dead. <laughs> Not tonight, but you know, in life, in life, there's going to be a lot more games. Yeah, when, um, when they when they turned off, you know, they turn off the live total with like yeah. a couple minutes left. It yeah. was sitting at like one thirty three. They're already they're pushing one fifty now. Oh Jesus Christ! It's, it's, <laughs> oh, these, Jesus. these kids, these kids are not quitting on me. That's oh fucking um, children. I've I've never been colder in my life than coming out of the All Star break last year in the NBA. It was, uh, it was absolutely outrageous, and then it all turned around in the playoffs for me. So uh, I think you lost how many in a row during Euro, and then won how many in a row? Oh, I closed on, a, on like a seven game seven and no seven and no down the whole stretch. You I, weren't even yoshing. You were legitimately just. I yoshed the final game. game. I said won, I was won, going won. to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I mean, that was a promise. I said that before the tournament, I will Yosh the final game if I have to. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it was the round of 16. Like I went zero and eight betting every single game or whatever it was. I have the spreadsheet still. It was, it's like a big red chunk followed by a big green chunk. It's oh, I love it. very unnerving when that sort of stuff happens, but yeah, it's coming Rome. Ah! It's coming Rome. Um, and, and also the, uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, I mean, if this if this cold is you know preceding a heater, you want to be a heat. You want to be on a heater. We're running out of fucking games. No, but you want to be on a heater in the last two weeks of March when you're That's in fair. Vegas, right? You know, getting paper tickets. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to you want to you want to run hot when all the eyeballs are on you, and that is going to be next week. So save up your winners. Save up the W's for next week. You know, the, wor- the worst one was like I was at the Timberwolves game the other night, Drew. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, and both teams failed to score over the final two fifty-five. Neither team scored, I think, and it stayed under for like three or four or something. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my ten-year-old daughter, who I love so much, trying not to lose my shit. But the next, <laughs> the next call against the Timberwolves got my full attention, so I, I let that ref have it. It oh, was. I love uh, it. And again, it's funny. I gave Noob shit. I've been to more 76er games than him this year. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, I'm nice. just a bigger fan. Bigger just NBA bigger fan big. than him. Who would have thought? Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Um, hopefully, we did the topics of the day. Do, do uh, respect. Um, but that was a fun grab bag. You been the players this week? You got any oh, yeah. for me? I took Rom. At 14, because I figured I thought Bookmaker would open lower. They opened 12. I thought I thought somebody would like him closer to 10, but I said there's no chance Bookmaker's opening him at like 17. So it's not it's going one way. I don't think this is going up. So I'm fine with it. And then I took Jason Day coming off the not the tragedy angle, but the uh the like he did have a tragedy in his life. It's more of like I double checked to make sure he was actually playing after he lost a parent because I really wanted to bet him at this course. He has really deep. I'm not a course history guy, but this is his surface for putting, and he has one here, and he has he does have great history on this type of course. So it's like I did have to do some research. And uh, our guy Brett, I think Brett is the one who freaked me out this morning when he said 
did he have to fly back to Australia for a funeral and then come back? I'm like, yeah, shit. I don't want to bet on that. Like that's a lot of travel. And it, it did turn out his family does live over here now. So he only had to go to Ohio. So Rahm and Jason Day is my whole card right now. That's like the Norwegian kid who played tennis in South America. Oh, <laughs> and then France and then back to South America. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Um, oh yeah, let's go J Day. That's a that's a that's a story to eat you can pull for, man. I love it. J Day at the players. That's just, do it. Yeah, that's just a fun win, too. Yep, very so, cool. All right, hey. Thank all you. Right, man. Thank you, FanDuel. Thank you, Betsperts. Thank you, producer Dan. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Coach K. I'll say it. Fuck, I don't care. Thank you. Uh, I almost started singing that Alanis Morissette song. Um, but I won't. Dan, play us out. Big emotional, emotional pod, man. It's getting in my feels about Coach K. You lost your firmament bet. They covered. I'm glad whoever bet him, they covered.